Hello, and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Today's episode of Table A Talk covers some of the ramifications with the upcoming changes in the definition of the foot as proposed by NGS. NSPS Executive Director Kurt Sumner and Gary Kent, the chair of the Land Title Survey Committee, explain the general differences with the U.S. survey foot and the new foot as previously defined by the international surveying community. They also discuss the new standard in relationship to the ALTA NSPS land title survey requirements. So, without further ado, here's Kurt and Gary discussing Table A Talk on this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello, this is Kurt Sumner, your host for Table A Talk with Gary Kent on the NSPS podcast series. Thanks for joining us. I believe this is our third episode so far. So, Gary, welcome again. Hello, Kurt. Thank you, and uh, welcome to all of our listeners. Glad to have everybody joining us here. Uh, we've had a, an interesting time uh, throughout history, actually, for surveying, but just recently there has been some discussion, dialogue, uh, rolling out of information with regard to the uh, the international foot and the survey foot, and uh, I think the term is the deprecation of the foot. And we've seen some conversation about that and, and maybe even some confusion about it in terms of what's this really going to mean to everybody. We've published some articles or at least information in our e-newsletter, News and Views, uh, a number of times. Uh, we even posted uh, something somebody wrote that was in total opposition to the whole thing. Uh, and we may see more of that. I'm not sure. But uh, as Gary and I were talking about this, we thought maybe we should touch on it a little bit in terms of, okay, what does it really mean uh, when when we're talking about one foot or the other foot? And what does it mean in, in a survey and of course, we're particularly sensitive to it for the Alta NSPS survey, just because of all the ramifications that come with that product. It's not, uh, it's not your quote normal survey in most people's minds. I don't know if you agree with that, Gary, but I think most people look at it as, no, this is not a normal survey. This is an Alta NSPS survey. Right. Yeah. I, I absolutely think people think uh, look at it that way. And actually, you know, there's some truth to that, but but in fact, it is. It is a normal survey. It's just a normal survey to a higher standard. Correct. Very much so. So with that, maybe you, we could talk a little bit about this idea of uh, how is it? How is the foot going to be affected? Is it something that surveyors need to be alarmed about? And I've seen things written that we're going away from our traditional foot. And so the world's coming to an end um, and you can't use old data. I've, I've seen all kinds of stuff. So I guess just in in the pure sense of what does this actually mean, talk to us about that. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I, I think it's unfortunate when people kind of take that attitude. If, if, we, if we all took that attitude all the time, we'd still be on the 29 uh, vertical datum and uh, and on the 27 horizontal datum. So things change, uh, technology gets better and allows us to uh, provide more precision and, and, and more accuracy in what we do. But uh, with respect to the change in the foot and how it would affect the land title survey, 
uh, I, I didn't confirm this, but I, I saw where I read uh, somewhere that the difference between the two feet is a, is about an eighth of an inch in a mile, or roughly a hundredth per mile. Uh, so what we need to do is think about um, what is the allowable precision on land title survey? Well, it's seven hundredths of a foot plus 50 parts per million. And, uh, and 50 parts per million in a mile is, uh, is 26 hundredths. So we add the seven hundredths to that, we get 33 hundredths. So we're actually allowed about four inches of measurement uncertainty in a, in a mile on a land title survey. So that's, you know, that's like 33 times uh, less precise than what we would be, th than the, uh, the quote unquote error being introduced by using the wrong foot. So uh, from a practical standpoint, uh, this, this change has no impact whatsoever on a land title survey. Uh, and somebody might say, well, that's in a mile. What about if the survey was a, a wind farm and it covers six sections? Well, then, then your allowable imprecis imprecision at uh, 200 parts per million ends up being uh, probably uh, two feet or, or more than uh, roughly two feet probably. So uh, versus uh, three quarters of an inch of difference on the uh, on the, the conversion of the foot, so it, it just has no impact from a practical standpoint. Now, if someone, as part of their land title survey, they're publishing coordinates or or needing to report ground distances over a long distance or something to that effect, they would have to think about it. But but that would be very rare on a land title survey. Yeah, well, thanks for that explanation. I think that'll be helpful for folks to sort of get their head around the whole concept that, and, and when you're talking about the land title survey, obviously we're talking about this particular product, but in a sense, it it's almost any, well, I guess any, not almost any, but any boundary surveyor you're likely to ever do. Oh yeah, I, yes, I, that's, a, that's a very good point. Uh, it, it's, you know, these standards are actually, um, a lot of states or a number of states have have adopted something similar to the NSPS standards. A lot of states have uh, uh, requirements of parts per, or, uh, uh, you know, a ratio, uh, one part in 10,000, one part in 20,000, whatever it might be. And, you know, just from a practical standpoint on a boundary survey, it just isn't, it's just not going to have an impact. So we won't be watching people go out with sledgehammers and kick their corners over a little bit, right? Oh, well, we probably will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when you get into that kind of discussion, I, I've mentioned this before, you get back to my pet peeve of pen farms. Um, we we need to solve that problem before we worry about this one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> But having this conversation about this particular element of the land title survey or any survey brings to mind something that I think we touched on before to some degree, but it's, I think it's probably worth reiterating, and that is who's really in charge when when there's a request for the survey and for all the whatever documentation goes with an ALT and SPS survey. Uh, 
all the things that need to be done. Uh, the fact that you're dealing with people other than the landowner specifically directly, you're dealing with other people in this particular case most of the time, that really doesn't have any impact on who's really in charge of getting this work done. It's it's still up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting point. And, uh, and Kurt, as you know, we get questions uh, not infrequently from people, from surveyors who are saying, you know, so-and-so, some, someone, you know, the lender or the attorney, somebody's asking me to do something. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I should do it. Uh, I, I think it's important that surveyors understand we've got a standard. The, that, that's the, the survey that's been ordered. And so, in, in a sense, uh, who's in charge of what goes on the survey, at least in the, within the context of the standards, is the standards. Now, if somebody wants something in particular, we've got Table A, Item 20, where you could negotiate something in particular that they're interested in. But, uh, um, yeah, and we have a client also, and that client is typically, almost always, either the buyer or the seller. Or, or the owner if it's a refinance. And, um, and and the interesting thing, and we may have talked about this before, is that, that that person actually really doesn't have any interest in the survey other than the fact they need they know they need to have one, so they're paying for it. But uh, uh, beyond that, they really don't care. And so we end up uh, you know, answering to uh, a lender, a lender's attorney, uh, a buyer's attorney, the title company, and uh, and what we really should be doing is simply answering their questions. Now, they, they, maybe they want something in particular shown, but but if they're asking us to do something contrary to uh, our our state law, contrary to the standards, contrary to what the surveyor thinks they should be doing uh, ethically or as a normal standard of care. Uh, surveyors should feel empowered to stand up. Uh, you know, you got to understand that attorneys are are hired to be advocates for their client, and uh, and they are uh, more than willing to ask surveyors to do things that are inappropriate on on any number of levels. And they typically ask those things because a lot of surveyors will uh, are I, I guess apparently buffaloed into doing it. Well, the attorney asked, so I have to do this. Uh, the fact is they usually know uh, exactly what they're asking. They often know that the surveyor should not do it, but they ask anyway because a, a, a lot of surveyors will go ahead and do it. Uh, my experience is if they're asking me to do something that, that I don't think is appropriate, if I just tell them I'm not going to do that, it, it usually just goes away. Uh, so uh, we, we need to understand that we've got to meet the standards, number one, and anything above and beyond that I, I think it's up to the surveyor to decide if they want to accommodate the request, if they can accommodate the request, either legally, ethically, or consistent with their standards or consistent with the normal standard of care. Uh, that's, their, that's their own call, and they, they need to weigh those things. But they do need to understand that, that an awful lot of times the, the request, if it seems a little odd, it's probably because it is a little odd. And uh, and they're asking because they're just hoping you'll do it. Uh, you know, the the attorney is is wanting to shift liability off of their client and onto anybody 
else who is willing to take it. Um, the title companies take on a tremendous amount of liability uh, because it's a it's a very competitive it's a very competitive business, and uh, you know there aren't that many banks left from from the big players in the in the world or in the country. So title companies are willing to do things uh, that that they really don't want to do, but it's it's competitive, so they kind of feel that they have to. I think from the survey standpoint, um, we are in a little bit of a different position because sometimes those requests are are contrary to our uh, best interest in perhaps in a legal sense, perhaps in a liability sense. Uh, in an ethical sense, uh, there could be all kinds of things that we need to be very cognizant of. So I, my, my main message is to a surveyor, if you're uncomfortable with a request, uh, you know, you can always get in touch with us and ask us about it, but, but you should not hesitate to question them and, uh, and in some cases, you know, just simply not do it or, or uh, you know, modify the request so it's something that you can do. Um, I, and I think a key to that is uh, is making sure your contract is very clear. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do an ALTA uh, NSPS land title survey. It's going to include these Table A items. I'm going to certify to these parties. I'm going to use the standard certification. You know, there's all kinds of stuff you can put in there. And then when they want additional requests, uh, you're in a position to either say no or to ask for more money. Yeah, maybe. Do we need a motto somewhere that we put within the standards that says negotiate, don't capitulate? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we that could maybe that could be the subheading of the standards. Yeah, uh, there the, you go. The subtitle of the standards. <laughs> you say that jokingly, but in reality, that's the message, right? Yeah, that is absolutely the message. Yes. Um, you know, we we are responsible to do a survey according to the standards, and um, and that survey is ultimately the reason it exists is because the title company needs it. Uh, lenders want them; they use them for different things, but ultimately, the lender really just wants their title insurance coverage. And so, if they're getting that coverage. I, I think one of the problems is that they, they think we have to do a lot of different things in order for them to get the coverage they want on their title policy. And, and the fact is they're, they're wrong a lot of times. The title company does not need us to do certain things that, they, that the lender may think we need to do in order to get their coverage. Uh, they're, just, you know, they're just not tuned into it. And, um, and so, yeah, we, we, have to, we have to push on that a little bit push, or push back on it a little bit. Yeah, and I think with regard to that, and I think we hear this a lot and maybe encountered ourselves sometimes, but, uh, and you've mentioned this before, and that is it really doesn't do you any good to negotiate with people who are not the underlying controller of the other side. So, right. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, you can easily get confused about that. You can spend a lot of time trying to talk to somebody who really isn't in control anyway. <laughs> so, you know, they, maybe they're the middle, the middle person or, or they're part of the team, but they're not the ones who are going to make that final decision or, or make the final, uh, for lack of a better term, request of what they want you to do. Uh, so I think it's important to try to 
not try, but really figure out, okay, who is it that is the responsible party here that I'm going to be tasked with trying to please? Right. And I, I think the, um, it, it, it's funny because there can be at cross purposes, but, you know, ultimately we have a client and that's the person who signed the contract who says they are responsible for paying. That's who I'm working for. Uh, so when the, the lender or the uh, law firm says, hey, we need to, you need to add our law firm as a, uh, as an, as a certified party. Uh, I make sure my client, my contract says I'm going to certify to the lender, the title company and the owner or the, or the buyer. And then, and then my contract says, uh, I, I will certify, I may, may certify to other parties for an additional fee. So when the, when the attorney calls and says, you need to add us to the certification, my response is, uh, that's going to be whatever, $500. And, uh, and the attorney knows they're going to have to go back to their client, who is my client, and, uh, and tell them they need to ante up another $500. And, uh, and they don't really want to do that. Of course, the attorney's billing out at $600 an hour. Uh, right, yeah. We're having to come to Satan. But um, but it's a it's a funny situation. I mean, we you know we don't you know one thing to do is just say, well, um, uh, you know that's going to be five hundred dollars, and let them hash it out. Or you could say, well, I need to I need to call my client uh, because that's going to be five hundred more dollars, and uh, and and probably. Probably the person requesting it is going to say, you know, well, never mind. Right. It's not worth the effort to them. Right. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's an attempt to shift, you know, to provide some some uh, liability protection to the law firm. And, you know, and it's it's more liability to me. That's why I'm charging more money. The, the more parties I certify, certify to, the more parties I'm liable to. And, uh, you know, they'll say, oh, it's not additional liability. Well, of course, it's more liability. If there's more parties, there's more liability. Right. So, um, you know, there's a couple of ways you can handle that is just tell them how much it's going to be. Or, you know, I, I've never really thought about it, but it might be more effective to say, well, let me call my client and tell them if that's going to be $500. Right. And then see where we go from there. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So I think we've we've kind of covered the area that we wanted to cover for this session and we're about the length that we wanted to be. I think we don't want these things to go on too long. Um, I think I mentioned one time before when we were talking, somebody had called me and said they loved them because they could listen to them at lunch because they don't go on forever. Um, but we wanted to be sure that we, we covered this and we wanted to talk about the foot thing just because it's a, it's a hot item right now. And we know that it's going to be part of discussion uh, in everything, including this particular brand of, of survey that we do. So uh, I hope that uh, we've provided some good uh, information and hopefully some guidance to the audience. And uh, we'll come back uh, and, and do more sessions, of course. We hope that people are enjoying these and we want to hear from you. Uh, whether you are or not, we want to hear from you. And we want to make this useful for, for everybody and deal with the issues that are important to you. And, and I don't know about you, Gary, I, I haven't gotten any feedback from anybody yet to say hey can you cover this of course we haven't been into it far no enough, I, I 
No, I, I have not heard that. And, and as you say, we would be we would be happy to hear from people uh, who want to hear about certain things so that we can we can do that. Otherwise, we're just going to kind of work our way through uh, different topics like we did today. And uh, but but if people have specific things, they certainly should let us know because we absolutely will cover them. Right. And, and, and incidentally, on the uh, on the, um, the U.S. survey foot thing, I, I, everybody probably needs to be aware that they may get questioned on this because I, I think it was the Washington Post had an article uh, just the other day, uh, maybe yesterday or the day before about this change in the U.S. survey foot. And and it, it was a little unfortunate because the it, it, if you didn't know any better, it kind of made it sound like you know individual surveyors just uh, make an arbitrary decision whether to use uh, the U.S. survey foot or the international foot. But uh, but my point is that that surveyors should be aware. Somebody may ask them about this. It's kind of like when people say, "Oh, are you going to use GPS on this project?" Uh, they you know they've heard something and they and they want to they want to feel important by ask, acting like they know something about it. Right. <laughs> So surveyors should probably be aware that they may they may have some questions on this sort of thing, which is why we want to cover it. Right. Exactly. Well, we'll sign off for today and we will be back soon and provide another episode of Table A Talk. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Kurt. You've been listening to Table A Talk with Kurt Sumner and Gary Kent here on the Surveyor Says Podcast. Upcoming episodes will have Kurt and Gary reviewing questions from our practitioners, including the popular successors and assigns request within the standard certification. Also coming up on future episodes will be Michael Dennis of NGS, another visit with Eric Salovich with the Young Surveyors Network, and the introduction of a new series aptly named Future Focus, where we will have conversations with various surveyors who are leading our profession into the next chapter. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And also watch our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.